Welcome to the Movie Planet Season 4, Episode 8. This week we're talking about The Cabin in the Woods from 2011. With Joe. They fear this man. They know he sees farther than they. And he will bind them with ancient logics. And Sam. Think I'm a puppet, huh? Think I'm a puppet, gonna do a little fucking puppet dance. I'm the boss of my own brain, so give it up. I'm your host, Joe, and with me, coming soon, is da my, the Dana to my director, Sam. Now, he's a little bit late. He's on his way here, uh, but uh, he will be here. This week, we have nominated The Cabin in the Woods for the Pantheon of Horror Movies. The horror movie Pantheon is comprised of seven and only seven films. Currently, the seven films with their average grades are as such. In the number one spot is The Exorcist. Number two spot is Jaws. The number three spot is It, Chapter One. Number four spot is Evil Dead 2013. The number five spot goes to Army of Darkness. The number six spot, The Evil Dead. And the number seven spot, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Now, the higher the grade we give The Cabin in the Woods, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So, we will discuss the movie. And in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it and figure out if we need to boot a movie out. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you have not seen The Cabin in the Woods, it's best if you stop right here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy our discussion. But now that we've handled that business, let's get to our movie of the week. This week, we are talking about 2012's The Cabin in the Woods, a rated R movie directed by Drew Goddard, written by Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard, produced by Joss Whedon. Now, Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard actually wrote the script in just three days, which is pretty remarkable. This is starring uh, Kristen Connolly as Dana Polk. Chris Hemsworth as Kurt Vaughn, Anna Hutchinson as Jules Loudon, Fran Kranz as Marty Mikulski, Jesse Williams as Holden McCree, Richard Jenkins as Gary Sitterson, Bradley Whitford as Steve Hadley, Amy Acker as Wendy Lynn, Sigourney Weaver as the director. And it's kind of funny because Jamie Lee Curtis was considered for the role of the director. They wanted an actual scream queen in there, but it ultimately went to Weaver. When Drew Goddard and... Uh, Joss Whedon wrote this. They had Weaver in mind, but as they started putting the whole thing together, they were like, you know what? Let's try to get Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, she couldn't She couldn't do it because of scheduling conflicts. So they're like, well, let's go with the one that we originally wanted in Sigourney Weaver. So they got her instead, and she ended up being pretty good. Now it's time for a segment where I dig deep into the uh, Wikipedias and IMDBs and all sorts of behind-the-scenes footage to try to find more about the making of this movie. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies, I make films. I'm going to get this done in about 10 minutes or less, so please bear with me. With a production budget of $30 million, principal photography began on March 9th, 2009 in Vancouver and concluded in May 2009. Joss Whedon co-wrote the script with Cloverfield screenwriter Drew Goddard, who also directed the film, marking his directorial debut. Goddard previously worked with Whedon on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel as a writer. 
Whedon described the film as an attempt to revitalize the horror genre, which he, along with director co-writer Goddard, felt had devolved with the introduction of torture porn. He called it a, quote, loving hate letter to the, to the genre, con continuing, quote, on another level, it's a serious critique of what we love and what we don't about horror movies. I love being scared. I love that mixture of thrill, of horror, that objectification slash identification thing of wanting definitely for the people to be all right, but at the same time hoping they'll go somewhere dark and face something awful. The things that I don't like are kids acting like idiots. The de-evolution de of the horror movie into torture porn and into a long series of sadistic comeuppances, Drew and I both felt the pendulum had swung a little too far in that direction. Concerning the sheer number of creatures to be designed and made for the film, AFX Studios' David Leroy Anderson estimated that, quote, close to a thousand people were turned into one of around 60 different monster types. The task necessitated renting a much larger facility to use as a workspace, as a crew of around 60 people were recruited. The producers told them to commence work on December 15, 2008, ahead of the official January 1st, 2009 start date. The only completed work by the March 9th, 2009 production date, because as St Anderson stated, we had nearly 70 people at peak, but in effort, in effect, we had 140 people because everybody had at least two jobs. It was crazy, but people had an incredible time. None of us are ever going to forget it, and we're never all going to be in the same room again. The underground complex, elevators, and the control room were all sets, but for several wide shots, the British Columbia Institute of Technology's aerospace building was used. Production designer Martin Whist referenced Stanley Kubrick and commented, quote, It's very high-tech industrial, and it's a brand-new building, never been shot in before. I wanted the elevators to be without any controls, to almost feel like a glamorized freight elevator. The lobby, I wanted to look slightly utilitarian, contemporary, and institutional, sharp, and almost characterless. Hey, Sam, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. I'm sorry to do all that beforehand, but welcome. How you been? I'm good, man. Oh, good. good. Well, hey, do you remember the first time you saw The Cabin in the Woods? I mean, what were your initial feelings after seeing it? So I saw the trailer, and uh, I had a, a lot of interest in the movie. Um, and I went on kind of a whim with my friend Joel. We went to the theater, and we saw it. And we had no idea it was a horror comedy. Well, actually, you know what? Now I think about it. My buddy Joel did because he had watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've yeah. never seen an episode of Buffy. Oh, Buffy's amazing. Never seen an episode. I have so all seven had, seasons. <laughs> so I had no idea uh, walking in the theater what this was going to be. I thought it was going to be, you know, kind of a dumb horror movie. Right. But turns out it was. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Wow, you can really take that out of context. <laughs> That's officially on the soundboard now. <laughs> that and this one. No, Boba Fett's iconic. <laughs> and how is anybody supposed to know that? <laughs> yeah. Those three are perfect for any show. <laughs> <laughs> You're a legend, man. Ugh. I need to come up, give you some better ones. And every time that <laughs> JC has said something in the last one. Oh, it's so oh good. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's a magical one. Uh, so we walked out of the theater, needless yeah. to say, with smiles and joy. Good. I didn't see it in the theaters. I, oh, you I missed out. I thought it was going to be an Evil Dead ripoff. Uh, and it wasn't until it was on DVD that I later saw it. And afterwards, I went to the store. I went like, after finishing, like the credits are rolling. I'm in the car to the store to buy the Blu-ray. It was yep. awesome. Uh, 
I couldn't believe how good it actually was. The execution was just flawless. Yeah. Flawless victory. I, uh, I, I was surprised by the fact that I was able to watch this. I knew it was a scary movie, but I wasn't scared. But it's, a, it's scary things. Yeah. Uh, we're there are a couple talk even jump scares. Yeah, a couple jump scares. But in the end, you, you could watch this with anybody, I think, and be like, don't worry. It's not scary, scary. It's just a scary movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's time for a summary. Okay. Now, we're changing the rules a little bit. What is your summary of this movie in 10 words or less? All right. Um, you have the first crack. Kids sacrificed by Sigourney Weaver for angry gods. That was... Okay. <laughs> I, get, I could scrunch it down, but Sigourney <laughs> Weaver is a legend. She deserves her full name in there. Yes. What's her middle name? Reggie? I don't know. <laughs> Sigourney Reggie Weaver. <laughs> Reggie Weaver sounds fun. <laughs> okay. Mine is, let's see, five kids are sacrificed to appease old gods using science. Using science. Science! Yes! Susan Alexandra Weaver. Which, by the way, the beginning of this movie <laughs> is amazing <laughs> because you don't know what you're watching. No! <laughs> you got two guys talking about cabinets and jinxing a <laughs> pregnancy and then I'll go liberate my cabinets this weekend. <laughs> these two guys. I want a movie just of these two guys. These I want to see all the comes, times that they've done this every year. This comes down to uh my top 3, my number 1 is this the relationship between those guys. Okay. Let's get into the synopsis. Okay. Control. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have the harbinger on line 2. Oh, Christ. Uh, can you take a message? Uh, I don't think so. Really pushy. Um, to be honest, he's kind of freaking me out. Okay, put him on. Mordecai, baby, what's happening? How's the weather up top? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Well, you're, you're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you got to start it off just right. So we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Their ears are stopped. They are the gods fools. Well, that's how it works. Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. You're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off. That's rude. I don't know who's in the room. Fine. There. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. It wasn't all by your numbers. The fool nearly derailed the invocation with his insolence. The ancient ones see everything, and they will not be... I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? <laughs> oh, my God, Mordecai! I can't believe it. It did it again. The movie opens with a pair of... Actually, you read the synopsis. You, 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 get, you get the green. Ooh. Uh, yeah. The movie opens with a pair of middle-aged men walking through some kind of facility discussing mundane details about marriage and potential children while a younger woman in a lab coat is trying to inform them about a killer! <laughs> no, about an incident in Stockholm facility. The two men are not particularly concerned about what she is telling them. 
They mentioned that the facility in Japan will get the job done as they always do. Perfect mm-hmm. record. And what are they going to do? Let the Japanese... Well, they're always number two. It? U.S. is always number two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that the U.S. facility usually comes in second place as they board a golf cart and drive off. <laughs> Which that scene is just great. <laughs> oh, it's coming back to me. Ah, the younger of the two men invites the older one to come over to his house for an upcoming weekend. Okay. Uh, and then... We get we get Sitterson and Hadley uh, talking about all this crap. Amy Acker shows up as the little girl in the, in the in the white coat. You know, hey guys, you know, and you have no idea what this is. They're not talking about anything horrifying. They're just like no, they're just talking about facilities. You know, and there's an incident in Stockholm. They're not going to be able to do it. Well, there's always the Japanese. And, you know, I just their back and forth is already your body going. I don't know what I'm watching, but I, mean, I like it. And you're right. As soon as they drive off and they're like, all right, well, uh, I'll see you next weekend. Boom. Boom. Cabin in the woods. You're like, where's the goddamn cabin? <laughs> yeah. And that's a great jump scare. It is. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you are, you are, um, you are just you're totally, defenseless at this point. Your guard is down. It's totally you're laughing. Down. <laughs> you're laughing. And that's what I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, I mean, that's another trope. But Joss Whedon said at the beginning of this film, he wanted people to sit there in their seats going, am I in the right film? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, watching the behind the scenes of this movie is pretty fantastic because uh, they had to build the cabin. Oh, yeah. I have, uh, I have a Blu-ray copy. Okay, so you saw this. Oh, yeah. No, I bought it as soon as the day, day one it came out. Yeah. I went out and bought it and rewatched it that night. Okay. Yeah. They had to, For those of you that didn't know, they built the cabin and... <laughs> they built like another set with all the separate rooms in the cabin. And then they started using rooms of that cabin as storage rooms. And they had to keep moving out of it to do scenes in it. It was, and I don't know, it's, this is such a grassroots movie. Like you can tell Drew and Josh just loved doing this. Oh yeah. But I had no a doubt. feeling watching this as good as Drew Goddard is. There's a point where in the, in this thing where uh, Josh Whedon is, who's playing the screenwriter in this. It, he walks over to him, and Drew Goddard puts his hand on him like, not right now. And Josh kind of walks away. I'm like, really? You don't do that to Josh Whedon. Man knows what he's doing. But Drew Goddard, you put a good, good film. Look, McJagger knows what he's doing, but Keith Richards, you know, tells him to off. There it is. If, if, First if, one. If Keith Richards tell him to piss off, the scene shifts to a room in a college town where Dana and Jules in their underwears are talking about school. Apparently, Dana had an affair with one of her professors, scandalous, Ooh. and it ended badly. Gosh, you're an upbeat lady. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, she's yeah. cutie. Jules' boyfriend, Kurt, the manly man, walks in and throws a football at the girls. He wasn't throwing at the girls. He was throwing he threw, out the window. <laughs> threw it out the window. <laughs> Flies out the window into Kurt, his, Kurt's friend, Holden's hands. Yes. A fix up for Dana. Oh, okay. <laughs> it flies out the window and into Kurt's friend's Holden's arms, who is to be a fix up for Dana. Catches it down below. That's what she does. You want me to read from now on? No. The guys are there to pick up the girls for a long weekend at a lake house cabin of that Kurt's cousin owns. Dana picked. Oh. I can do this. Don't. I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. The guys are there to pick up the girls for a long weekend at a lakeside cabin that Kurt's cousin owns. 
Dana finishes packing and they all go downstairs to pack up the RV. They are about to leave when their friend Marty pulls up in a car smoking pot from a huge bong that converts into a travel mug. Yes, Fran Kranz, the guy who plays uh, Marty, received massive prop and behavior training in order to capture the stoner persona of Marty. He received a two-hour joint rolling session and a separate bong lighting session from expert consultants. In addition to the famous travel mug bong, <laughs> a number of more subtle marijuana paraphernalia appear in the film. These include Marty's stash, his secret stash, a smaller pipe, a, quote, tulip joint, and a joint kept in the pocket of his pants. The prop crew even designed the film's own brand of rolling papers called Smiling Buddha Papers. <laughs> that, my friends, is His dedication. No, that's a lot of detail, but no one thing. <laughs> Works for me. But I will say this. As someone who has never in their life smoked marijuana, that is... Travel mug bong thing is amazing. amazing. An incredible <laughs> device. That is so cool. I'm like, I kind of just want the coffee cup just to pull it out and go, hey, look what it does. I don't use it, but it's pretty but, cool. Hey, look. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. Yeah, no. Uh, Marty's such a great character. And just walking. I mean, his, even You're his driving intro- around town smoking that. Aren't you afraid <laughs> to get pulled over? <laughs> they do not pull over a man mm. like me. They fear him. <laughs> they, they fear he knows more than they do. <laughs> okay, what else is going on? Uh, we cut back to the video screens and previously seen facility where the two middle-aged men, Sitterson and Hadley, are watching all of this happen. Apparently, they have been drugging the kids through various means. Hair dye for jewels, Marty's stash, etc. But they don't say why. No, no. And I, I do like the fact that apparently there have been issues. Like... Hope hope the chem department doesn't screw this up again. <laughs> oh yeah, but well, it, it, back it, in 1998, I want to know what. See, this is another thing uh, that comes up yeah. later, and uh, I want to know what happened in 98. Well, the glitch. Oh yeah. yeah, who would that have been? Yeah, well, that's why one of my like bottom three is why hasn't there been a prequel? Why hasn't there been a sequel? This movie drops a lot of universe building things. That just like Star Wars used to do, where people would consider and go, I could make an entire movie on this one character, on Mordecai, the gas station, yeah. gas station attendant. Why is he like that? The Harbinger. <laughs> the Harbinger. <laughs> the Harbinger. <laughs> Am I on speakerphone? <laughs> Marty? Did we lose you? <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, okay. So any, So we know that they are in control of everything here. The yes, kids clearly don't know they're, they're in control. Manipulating. But as soon as they leave the house, you see somebody on the roof checking them out. I'm like, why were they being staked out specifically? <laughs> uh, can there's, I also say? There's five friends. Channing, they, Channing Tatum. Hello. We're, we're, this must be an early role. <laughs> did I never notice Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum is one of the five. Thor is one of the five kids. It's not Channing Tatum. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. You didn't know that? I get them mixed up. They're both big athletic this blockheads. Was after, this was after Thor. I know, but that's exactly it. Like, he went from Thor to this. Dude, if you read this script, would you say no? I'm just surprised. Like, I, I, I forgot he was in it. Yeah. It wasn't not Channing, Channing Tatum. Sorry, I get the Chris two Hemsworth. blockheads mixed up. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, Chris Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. if I read this script and I was offered, I'd be like, absolutely. Please. Well, who's playing Jules? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm in. <laughs> uh, Anna Hutchinson. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> the 
The group is close to the cabin when they stop for gas and directions. The attendant Mordecai is old, unfriendly, rude, bitter, <laughs> and more a little bit crazy. He tells them that they will have no problem getting to the cabin. It's getting back that they should be worried about. The kids laugh at him. He becomes sarcastic and aggressive. There's almost a fight when he refers to Jules as a whore. Oh, yes. A whore. Marty gets into it. Like, Marty's going to step up and do something. <laughs> Was it the, the, the one battle with some in the blue, some in the gray? Brother? Yeah. This, brother, perhaps? Some kind of Civil War thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Instead, everyone gets back into the RV and they drive away. They have to go through a U-shaped tunnel in the mountain to get to the cabin. And as they pass through it, a bird tries to fly across the ravine and hits an invisible shield. Which you're like, whoa. What the hell? This went sci-fi real fast. Yeah. <laughs> it, electro- it electrocutes the bird and it falls, presumably to its death. Yes. And then we get one of the best conversations of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the facility, the phone rings and Hadley answers it. It's Mordecai. (laughs) (laughs) Which we've met Mordecai and we're like, how is he working with these clowns? (laughs) He reports that the college kids are on their way to the cabin and tells them how to the the reveler revealer. The revealer. Okay. Oh, the the, how the reveler. Yeah, the reveler, which is the fool. Ah, he reports the college kids are on their way to the cabin and tells how the reveler almost mess it up for them, and they should be careful. A hair dye. Dumb blonde. Very artistic. Works its way into the blood, through the scalp. Very gradual. Kim department keeps their end up. I'll see it when I believe it. Control? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have the harbinger on line two. Oh, Christ. Uh, can you take a message? Uh, I don't think so. He's really pushy. Um, to be honest, he's kind of freaking me out. Okay, put him on. Mordecai, baby, what's happening? How's the weather up top? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Well, you're, you're doing a great job out there. By the numbers, man, you got to start it off just right. So we'll talk to you later, okay? Their blind eyes see nothing of the horrors to come. Their ears are stopped. They are the gods' fools. Well, that's how it works. Cleanse them. Cleanse the world of their ignorance and sin. Bathe them in the crimson of... Am I on speakerphone? (laughs) No, absolutely not. Speakerphone, no. No, I wouldn't do that. Yes, I am. I I can hear the echo. Oh, my God. uh, You're right. Hang on one second. I'll take you off. That's rude. I I don't know who's in the room. Fine. There. You're off. Thank you. Don't take this lightly, boy. It wasn't all by your numbers. The fool nearly derailed the invocation with his insolence. The ancient ones see everything, and they will not be... I'm still on speakerphone, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, Mordecai! I can't believe it. It did it again. What happened to that? What happened to that? so much fun oh, God. <laughs> i want a movie of those guys yes just give me a movie of those guys just the facility i oh, feel God. like you could do for those two guys what they did with the old woman in the insidious movies and just have her be the through yeah. point to all of them all the stories Please. or the conjuring the couple this these two guys just go backwards to every single year before the next yes. 
because this is the one where they they die. So, yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. Oh man. So they arrive at the cabin. They arrive at the cabin and unpack. It's obvious that they are still being watched by cameras set up in the facility. Holden is in the bedroom putting on his bathing suit when he notices an awful painting on the wall. He takes it down and underneath it, there's a window into the next room where Dana is staying. It's getting steamy. She starts to take off her clothes, unaware the mirror in her room is revealing everything to Holden in the next room. Holden runs into Dana's room, the square, and tells her what's (laughs) going on and they switch rooms. You admit it. You would do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... in the movies, the guy would just sit there and watch. Oh, absolutely. But this, they're going, nah, no, 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 no. We're no He's... Last Jedi. You're going to do the opposite of what you think. Yep. But this is good. Except do everything that <laughs> we expected. <laughs> now, Dana can see Holden, and she definitely likes what she sees. All the people at the facility have gathered to place the bets on the fate of the people in the cabin will choose. Okay, here are the names on the board. Among the possible choices for the betting wall... Werewolf, alien beast, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilius, clowns, witches, sexy witches, demons, hell lord, angry molesting tree. Thank you, Evil Dead. Giant snake, deadites, mummy, the Wait, bride. Deadites was there? Yep. The mummy, the bride, the scarecrow folk. Snowman, Dragon Bat, Vampires, Dismemberment Goblins, Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, The Reanimated, Unicorn, Huron, Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti, Dolls, Zombie Redneck Torture Rambling. Different species. Yeah, like the elephant and the elephant seal. Uh, The Doctors, Jack-O-Lantern, Giant, Twins, and Kevin. Kevin. Now, do you know where Kevin's from? Uh, I should know this. Oh, I should know this. Come on. It's in the back of your mind. Uh, not let's talk about Kevin. Nope. Oh, man. Nope. Try again. <laughs> Dude, this is going to piss me off. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It's not a horror movie. Time's almost up. It was from Sin City. (laughs) Yes, Elijah Wood's character from Sin City. Yes. Who was creepy in his own right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that was on the wall and it's so fast that you have to stop it to kind of look oh, at yeah. every single one of them there. And, uh, yeah. So what did we get Hadley <laughs> really wants Hadley to really wants them. They had the conch. They had the conch in his hand. <laughs> A new agent called Truman is shocked by the way he sees other people behaving. A more seasoned agent Lynn from chem tells him that she understands how he feels, but he shouldn't judge the others for their seemingly flippant behavior <laughs> as she hands him a, the money. Tr- Truman, however, continues to question Hadley and Citizen about the proceedings. Truman thinks it's unfair, although they all seem to understand that what is going on is for the utmost importance. Yes. <laughs> At the cabin, everyone goes into the living room and starts drinking. Marty continues to smoke the pot he brought. They, 
they're all getting pretty tanked and start to play truth or dare. <laughs> Jules is dared to make out with a wolf head mounted on the wall. No, it's a moose first. It's a moose. <laughs> Whatever that mysterious beast is, it's clearly a wolf. <laughs> I'm living in a room full of reefer. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I do like when he's like, I dare you to make out with, and he goes, Jules, pick Jules, Jules pick Jules. Jules, 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 Jules. <laughs> The moose on the wall. That's not a moose, Marty. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> but when it's kind of funny, when you look at the board and you see werewolf, you wonder if that wolf's head ends up being the werewolf. Oh, see, I thought that um, the, my original, the, the first time I saw this movie, I honestly thought that wolf was going to come alive. Like, oh, okay. They were just going to st- go for it. Yeah. Because they haven't gone down into the, the bottom. They haven't gone down into the basement yet. No. So I was just waiting for something to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a scene where I'm like, please don't does bite it bite off. back? Please don't bite her face off. Yeah. Please don't bite her face off. But I do think it's definitely that they lace the teeth and tongue with sugar to get her to do it. And yeah. I'm like, I don't even think that would do it for me. It looks pretty weird. But the guys are all kind of like, yeah, you get some of that. And I'm like, it's a, it's a wolf, man. <laughs> I think she did it. Fantastic. She job. did a fantastic job, yes. Now it's Dana's turn. Yeah. She has just chosen Dare when the door to the basement flies open, startling them. Thank you, Evil Dead. <laughs> Maybe a breeze did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Marty goes, What are what you, are you t- talking <laughs> about? Where would there be wind down there? <laughs> Marty is the voice of reason in this whole yes. film. Yes. <laughs> They, and because of his stash, they, his unlaced, his unlaced, stash. unlaced secret stash. I'm drawing did. a line in the sand. Do not read the Latin. <laughs> <laughs> they dare her to go down in the basement. She does, and the rest follow them. There are a ton of really strange stuff down there. Dana picks up a diary. Kurt chooses a puzzle ball and tries to open it. Jules likes a wedding dress and starts to put on a necklace. Then Marty is looking on a conch. Sh- Mm-mm. That's uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Marty's looking at the... Um, yeah, Kurt... No, Kurt had the puzzle ball. Marty did pick up the conch cell, uh, but put it back down. Holden is mesmerized by a ch- child's jewelry box that opens and reveals a dancing ballerina when all of a sudden... <gasps> What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? The people at the facility are quiet on the edge of their seats. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Dana says, hey guys, listen to this. Oh, sh- it's the Book of the Dead. <laughs> Everyone else puts down what they were looking at and walks over to her. The diary belonged to a young girl who's brutally beaten, dismembered, and killed by her father. There is something about how they will all return once someone reads some Latin words at the end of the diary. <laughs> you missed the husband's bulge part. <laughs> oh, that when he walks by and goes, I see that he's got the husband's bulge. They were talking about like how uh, how the brother who's killed the zombies, like he gets a husband's bulge from oh, killing people. Yes. And then when Dana and uh, Holden are making out, he goes, Marty walks through stone as can be and goes, he has a husband's bulge. <laughs> Marty says they shouldn't read it. He says he's drawing a line in the sand. We're not reading the Latin. <laughs> he hears a voice, tells Dana to read it. No one else seems to hear it. <laughs> Again. Y'all hear that? <laughs> what, what the hell? <laughs> Don't read it. Read it. 
Against the advice of Marty, Dana reads the Latin, and somewhere outside, the family from the diary returns from the graves, all zombified. Here we go. It's the Buckners, ladies and gentlemen. The Buckners pull the W. All right, that means that congratulations go to maintenance, who share the pot with Ronald the intern. That's not fair. I had zombies, too. Yes, you did. Yes, you had zombies. But this is zombie redneck torture family. See, they're entirely separate species. Like the difference between an elephant and an elephant seal. Thank you. But there's always next year. <laughs> yeah! I love Ronald the intern. <laughs> he just jumps into the air so happy. Maintenance you share with Ronald the intern. And he's from Buffy also. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, man. At the, at the facility, it turns out maintenance and the new intern have won the pool with their selection of redneck, torture, pain-worshipping zombies. <laughs> the Buckner family. The Buckner family. Hadley is really bummed he won't get to see a merman. Mm-hmm. They had the conscience hands. You don't want to see that. It's, it's a, it's a the mess. Cleanup, the cleanup is a nightmare. <laughs> at the cabin, the kids go back into the living room. Jules and Kurt are acting out of character. Jules is dancing very suggestively in front of the fire. Oh, yes, she oh, is. Oh, yes, she is. Whew. Kurt is being aggressive and insulting about his girlfriend. Marty notices this, but his concerns are brushed off by the others. Kurt and Jules decide to go for a walk. No, Kurt is not going for a walk. Kurt's getting laid. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to some pheromone fog, they start to have sex in the woods, but they are stopped by the zombies. And poor, poor Jules. Well, they also, before this, there's a scene that happens with the new security guy downstairs. When the control room, he says, don't you feel like this isn't fair? You guys have rigged the game. And they go, no, 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 no. They have to choose the object. After that, we set the scene after that, but they've got to make the choice. And the harbinger, they have to choose to ignore all warning signs that say, you will die. Yeah. I mean, so they're basically saying, listen... If any movie that you have ever seen with five kids in it where they're going to get killed, what if that movie had people below them controlling the whole thing? Now you understand the choices. Now you make, you understand why the Yeah. Why are they running upstairs when there's no exit up there? Well, maybe they've designed the house that way. (laughs) Uh, But they do the whole thing like, well, I don't know if she's going to take off her shirt. She got to take off her her shirt and they're like why and they're like we gotta show them downstairs hey we gotta please the customers yeah exactly and i love they're like turn on the heat okay pheromones go and they're pulling all the levers and everything which ultimately if you watch the behind the scenes are just buttons that they just push and pull and they have no real reason as to pulling and pushing any of them (laughs) jules is stabbed in the hand but kurt saves her he is stabbed in the shoulder, but survives. Jules recaptured and beheaded. Yes. While Kurt watches. With a saw. With a giant saw. <laughs> he gets away and runs back to the cabin. As Jules dies, Hadley and Citizen recite what they seem to, what seems to be a prayer. Hadley pulls a lever and blood runs into the groove stone tablet that contains the outline of a female figure. The whore. The whore. The ground starts to shake. Yes. So... Now we've got what I love. We've got the upstairs, we got the downstairs, and now we got something even below that now. Yes. So it's official now that they've added a third level to this thing. Yep. What I loved about this scene was the comic relief stops. Yes. And they have sympathy and empathy and they feel horrible, but it's what they have to do. So there is remorse. Yeah. They're not cold. They're not just cold. Yeah. Yeah. 
I completely agree because they could have easily turned that part into a joke also. And instead they were like very like solemn. Oh, very. Like we have to do this every year. We don't like it, but this is our job. So yeah. Which, how do you apply for that? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Marty hears. Marty hears a voice in his head and goes, goes outside to see Kurt. <laughs> Put your little dude puppet dance. I'm the I'm the master of my own brain. I'm gonna go for a walk. Oh man! They both run inside and lock the door. Oh, okay, I thought I didn't read that part yet. Kurt tells they every- both run inside and lock the door. Kurt tells everyone that Jules is dead. They decide to barricade the house and stick together. Courtesy of the facility, a voice tells them to split up. But Marty can <laughs> consciously hears it. He begs for the others not to split up, but no one listens. And Dana, Holden, and Marty each go into their own rooms. No, this is this is wrong. We, we should split up, cover more ground. When has that ever been a good idea? <laughs> he just goes, really? <laughs> Marty says everything in the theater that we're all thinking. Like, <laughs> oh but man! But there's a reason why he hasn't been drugged. Yes, you know, so he is the one thinking clearly. The door's probably locked behind them. No one in the facility can figure out why their tricks aren't working on Marty. He's not following the plan, and he can hear the voices. They're worried he's going to ruin everything. In Marty's room, he gets startled and breaks a lamp. He picks it up and finds a camera. This is proving everything he's been saying about the place. He's about to investigate further when the zombie comes through the window and pulls him outside. They struggle. Marty is stabbed in the back and dragged out of sight. Mm. Bad noises follow. Uh, yeah. And the fool is gone. The fool is gone. Blood runs. No, we're not there yet. Okay. No. Yeah. Poor Marty. <laughs> People at the facility are relieved that Marty won't be ruining their plan. However, they're still investigating to see why their drugs didn't work on him. They determined that when they were lacing his pot with drugs, they missed one of his stashes. And what he was smoking <laughs> was making him immune to their tricks. Blood runs in the outline of the reveler. The ground shakes. Now there's a plot hole here, and that is the downstairs assumes that Marty is killed by Judah Buckner. However, in an earlier shot, it shows that the downstairs is monitoring everybody's vitals. So they should have known that Marty survived the attack. Maybe they're just quick to jump the gun. Maybe. Maybe they've, they've done it so, so many, many times, times. That they're just like, they're not going to survive. And it is just like the, uh, the tunnel. They just assumed it would have been Yes, that in, that that, that yeah. had been blocked off. Yeah, which is another great scene. Oh. <laughs> make a hole, make a hole, make a hole. <laughs> a zombie tries to break through Dana's window. Hearing in the next room, Holden breaks the glass between their rooms and pulls her into his. They find a door in the floor that leads to another room in the basement. The black room. The black room. It appears that this is the room where the father beat and tortured the girl from the diary. They try to find a way out, but the door won't open. Just yeah. then, one of the zombies finds them and stabs Holden in the back. Dana stabs the zombie repeatedly just as Kurt opens the door to the other side. Three of them get in the RV. The door closes and a bloody handprint is seen on the outside of it. Yeah, I love... This is where I'm like, okay, they're actually doing what they're supposed to doing. They're get the hell out of there. And when you see that <clears throat> they're going to the tunnel, you're like, okay, oh God, they can gonna, leave. They can leave. Yeah. This is great. But as they are headed towards the tunnel, Hadley realized the demolition crew never set off the explosions that caused the tunnel to cave in and block their exit. <laughs> as the trio frantically tries to get away, Hadley and Citizen are just as frantically trying to correct this oversight. 
the RV makes it halfway through the tunnel. When the tunnel starts to cave in, they reverse back the way they came and put it out just in time. Kurt has his dirt bike in the back of the RV and decides to jump the ravine (laughs) and go get help. And like the bird, Thor is no more. (laughs) Soaring, Soaring through the air. He hits that wall. Hard. He reminds it looks me good when he hits the wall. It reminds me of those little like flash games that you play where you're on a bike and you're going through all these hills and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And your guy wipes out. You see the body just like just limply go everywhere. Oh, yeah. That's when I saw, and I was like, every time I try to catch, okay, where's he gonna hit it? And every time it catches me off guard. Every time. I mean, it's like he hits the wall, and you just see his whole body just collapse into a million different broken bones. Uh. <laughs> And as he tumbles downward, he keeps hitting the wall, head to feet to head to feet, oh. all the way down. And there is no, there's no bottom. No, no. It just keeps going and going and going. You would think that the God of Thunder could harness electricity better than this. But anyway, <laughs> I do like the fact they're like, well, let me do it. I'm the athletic one. It's a friggin' motorbike. What does the athletics have to do with it? And pretty sure Holden could handle it also. Wasn't Holden his wide receiver? Yeah. Yeah. But he's the jock. He's that he's the alpha because of the chemicals. But that's the thing. Holden's not Holden's a jock also. Chemicals making him a scholar, thinking instead of acting. Okay. Because remember? Yeah. Because uh, well, uh, when he's like, we should split up, Holden goes, Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. Really? Yeah. Well, here's what they did for Holden to make him be the smart one. They put glasses on him. That was it. That was it. Which I got a problem with this. <laughs> like, hey, pick so, somebody smart, like, okay? Sigourney Weaver, like she says, we we work with what we, we got. Get, yeah. All right, like the bird, he hits the invisible wall barrier and I'm dies. Like blood runs in the outline of the jock. <laughs> Goodbye, Thor. Which something I want to point out. I think it's really funny. The first song in this in this movie is Switchfoot. Yes, it is. Yep. Which I just find <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> And then you end with nine inch nails. <laughs> it's like, whatever. They nailed the it soundtrack, works. so. Oh, it's great. Yeah. All right. Dana and Holden see what happened to Kurt and realize that Marty was right all along. They head back towards the cabin trying to figure out a way out. Holden is stabbed through the head. Blood oh. fills the outline of the scholar, and the Woo. RV crashes into the lake. Yeah. Turns out there was a zombie in the RV after all. What the hell? Where was he? <laughs> Chilling in the back, dude. Just waiting to get like, okay, I'm not gonna kill him yet. Let's see if they can get through the tunnel first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is one of those things is like <laughs> Was he just hiding? Did he fall asleep? Did he take a nap? I don't know. Dana yeah. fights off the zombie, gets out through the overhead hatch, and swims to the surface. She makes it onto the pier when the zombie comes up from the water and starts beating the living crap out of her. Yeah, yeah. It's uh but he's also got the, it's got the bear trap, right? Bear trap. Which is a pretty thing. cool thing to be throwing around, but at the same time, not very efficient when you think about it. No. <laughs> not at all. For a zombie, he's quite deft at using it. Yes. Yeah. This beating is hard to watch. It's it's hard, yeah. She They shot this really well. They shot it really well. <laughs> Back at the facility, they're celebrating a successful night. Evidently, the virgin doesn't have to die for the plan to be successful. She just has to suffer. Yeah. This is extremely important since all the other sites, Japan, Germany, etc., have failed to complete the ritual. Can you please play the scene? Keep going. 
この魂はこのカエルの中で幸せに生き続けていく。セルスマークオーバーと TV。
Uh, their cameo was included to co- coincide with a planned tie-in expansion pack for the games where players would have to fight their way through the woods, cabin, and facility from the movie. Unfortunately, the tie-in was canceled when MGM's financial problems hit, and they realized that anytime you tie a movie to a video game, it sucks. Uh, now, when the pa- camera pans out and reveals all the monsters in their elevator cells, towards the top right, there's a cell containing what appears to be a giant kitten. <laughs> This is it. I and I'll talk about this later. But one of my big problems, I wish they had spent more time panning back. I want to see what else they could have crammed in this shot because it is so awesome. It was like we don't need licensing. (laughs) 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 We're just gonna put whatever we've known in there. (laughs) Oh man! But it is cool when they when the first one they see is the werewolf, right? Yes, and And then the ghost. That's the jump scare. Yes. Then there's the ghost, which and, is another jump scare. And then there's the, Cenobite. the ballerina oh, and the Cenobite. Yeah, and the Cenobite just stands there with the ball, and you're like, yes. he just looks creepy. I don't know what he's going to do, but he doesn't look good. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. He's got those blades in his head. <laughs> Meanwhile, the observers are in an uproar because Dane and Marty have penetrated their facility. They make plans to kill Marty in order to preserve the intended order of sacrificial deaths. Pinpointing the elevator number, an armed guard is sent to them and instructed to kill both of them. Yes. Marty first, though. This is important. But he fails when a zombie corpse in the elevator distracts him. Dana and Marty kill him and move into the hallway. A female voice speaks to them over the PA. Familiar. Yes. I've heard that voice before. before. It's from Paul. Yes. (laughs) Sympathizing with them for their predicament, but insisting Dana and Marty must die. More armed guards show up and start firing on them. Boom. They run into what looks like a control room and hide. Dana realizes there's a control panel. The monitors access the elevators containing the monsters. And as they are being attacked by soldiers with machine guns and other artillery, they randomly start to push buttons. Dana finds a large button that says, Purge system and every person in the theater goes push yes! it push it push it push it push it push it push it okay wait we'll see what's gonna happen and suddenly the alarms start going off all over the facility the guards <laughs> all pause in terror oh shit and everybody then, <laughs> wets themselves <laughs> all the elevators open and all the monsters monster after monster emerges <laughs> the soldiers are massacred, and the monsters get into all the areas of the facility, slaughtering every worker. It is glorious. Oh, this is so good. It, oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Marty and Dane are, cons- are cornered by monsters, but they climb through a hole where one of the walls was smashed in during the carnage. Yes. If you look very closely when they first release all the monsters, there is a flying purple people eater. As per the classic novelty song <laughs> in the upper left-hand corner of the screen near the ceiling, uh, writer Joss Whedon and director Drew Goddard created over 60 different types of monsters that were created specifically for the cabin in the woods. So on top of all the ones that you saw, they added other ones. Uh, and then Heather Langenkamp, who was Nancy from the Nightmare on Elm Street series, yeah. serves as one of the members of the actual makeup crew that created the different Nightmare creatures. So she wasn't acting. She's a part of the crew now, and her husband is a sound effects artist. Nice. Yeah, or a special, special effects artist. So she was actually in charge of putting together. I was wondering if they were going to put a Freddy in there, honestly. They left Freddy and Jason and Mike Myers out. Yeah, they, they should. But it just shows you, you don't need those three. There's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. What were you looking up? Uh, the amount of gallons of blood they used in this room. It was 250. 200, was that 50, 250? Two, it was 200,000. Yeah. Just for the room. 200,000 gallons of blood. Which is funny because when you watch the behind the scenes, you just see Drew Goddard walking through it in his new shoes. He's kind of like very, <laughs> yes. very, very diligently making sure he's <laughs> stepping on any clean part of the floor. <laughs> we need more over here. Yes. <laughs> This is a brutal scene. To, as soon as the elevator doors open, oh yeah, blood it's, begins to spatter immediately. Uh, the, the scariest thing for me in this scene, though, is the bat. The vampire really? bat is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. When it flies through the window and it's just sitting there with them in the purge room, I was like, you're dead. <laughs> you're you're going to die now. It, it's going to kill you. <laughs> uh, in the facility control room, Hadley, Lynn, and Truman are killed by monsters. <laughs> Hadley finally gets to see a merman right before it kills him. Which you hoped was going to come, and it did. It did. The blood spewing out of the merman's blowhole was a very late idea that made it into the film. The director jokes that the blood shot up for nine minutes, but only the last ten seconds of this shot were actually used. (laughs) If they had done this for like a whole minute (laughs) and had this thing going, we're going to need to clean that up. Oh, gosh. I love that. I love how I it love thumps it. its way toward him. <laughs> yeah, after the grenade blows up, he's dazed and he sees the merman and he's so happy to see it. And then all of a sudden, just, oh, come on. It starts biting and then it's doing an upward shot of it and the blood shoots from the blowhole yes. up towards the camera. <laughs> Citizen manages to activate an escape hatch and emerges into a stone hallway, but he's fatally stabbed by Dana. This is where Dana and Marty have ended up as well. But Stitterson dies. He tells Dana, kill him. Dana's afraid to go on, but Marty gives her a gun he took from the dead guard. I kind of wish Stitterson got a better death. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I've, but, but at the same time... It's like, it shows his dedication to what's going on. His final sure. words are, kill really? Marty. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is, is going to end if he's gone. <laughs> Marty and Dana end up in a room with the character outlines. Dana realizes there are five stone tablets, one for each of them. Dana, Marty, Holden, Kurt, and Jules. Everything that's happened to them has been a part of a ritual sacrifice. The director appears. Yes! Sigourney Reggie Weaver. (laughs) It's not a middle name, but... No, I'm going to look it up right now. It's Alexandra. Is it? It's Alexandra. Okay. They recognize her. Oh my God, her initials are Saw. Oh, <laughs> they recognize her voice as the one that spoke to them in the PA system in the hallway. They explain. She explains about the facility and the purpose. She says the ritual is older than anything known by man. Even she and her peers aren't sure of everything, but the ritual is conducted worldwide in order to appease the gods mm-hmm. who once ruled the earth. She says the monsters they've seen are nothing compared to them. And both Dana and Marty realize that they are standing over a pit that leads to where the old gods are sleeping. These are the Titans of mythology. Oh, these are the Titans. These are the Titans before the Greek gods. Oh, no shit. Cool. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, you know, I didn't, why didn't I think about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. If the sacrifice is not completed, the old gods will come to the surface and destroy mankind. The director says Marty must die to save the world. Marty says that if a bloodthirsty ritual is required to save mankind, then maybe mankind isn't worth saving. 
It's a little selfish, but yeah. <laughs> Marty is hurt when Dana raises a gun to him. She's conflicted, but she doesn't want to end the world without yeah, warning. I think it goes, Dana says, the whole world, Marty. And the director says, is in your hands, yeah. Dana. There is no other way. You have to be strong. And then Marty goes, yeah, Dana, you feeling strong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, just, he's the best. Yes. He's the best. Without warning, Dana is attacked by a werewolf, which Marty, what a dick, letting her get bit by the werewolf. Well, she was going to shoot him. I know, but still. <laughs> I got to give, give him a pass on that Which one. proceeds to viciously maul her. When she drops the gun, Marty picks it up and fires at the werewolf and it runs off wounded. The director tries to kill Marty, but the zombie girl from the diary appears and kills the director instead. Marty kicks them both into the pit with the gods. Dana and Marty make up, smoke a joint while they <laughs> contemplate the end of the world. The ground shakes. And the starts to crack open. We got front row seats, man, to the end of the world. <laughs> I just wish I could have seen them. I know, right? Which everybody in the theater is going, yes. Yes, we're going to see we, something We're going to see something, please. The cabin in the woods starts shaking, and a hand comes out, comes crashing up through it, and slams down onto the ground in front of it as the first of the old gods reaches the surface. Now, the big hand which you see coming out is Kronos. Yes. Uh, now, in the end, the whole world is destroyed and all humans are dead. So basically, every character in the movie dies, including all the extras in the background. This is a rare accomplishment, even for a horror movie. It ends with decimation. And the movie's over. Yeah. Now, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato meter reading of 92%. The critics, on average, gave this film a 7.8 out of 10. Now, the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 3.8 out of 5, with 74% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. So the audience is a little bit less uh, uh, happy about this one, but uh, the critics seem to love this. Did the awards get it right? Well, no nominations for Academy or the Golden Globes. I don't blame them. They, don't, they tend to look down on these movies. Uh, if you did one for this, it might have to be screenplay. Yeah, I'd definitely say that. It could be you could you could get you, you could get away with a screenplay, screenplay one. Uh, maybe a direction, maybe a direction one. If they if at this time if they were including more than five movies, because remember they included more than that the year that Dark Knight came out when they started to go let's branch off into the box office one. This might have gotten something for that or a nomination. It wouldn't have won anything, but it would have got a nomination. Now at the Golden Globes. This could have been nominated for something. Because that's more of the popularity contest. I'm sure this was nominated for MTV Movie Awards and all that stuff. I think it was. Yeah, it had to have been. They're more like, yeah, we know what you really like. Transformers and Twilight. Transformers and Twilight, <laughs> yes. What did you think after watching this film, Sam? Oh, this movie's still amazing. Mm -hmm. It's original. It takes every trope and every problem you've ever had with a horror movie and explains the reasoning behind it if you want to throw this into the the universe of all horror movies. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was unbelievably refreshing after viewing so many horror films prior. Yeah. And watching it again, it's still refreshing. It's great. Um, it, I still it, laugh my ass off and it's super creative. It's still very entertaining. I, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, there's not too many movies where you see different things every time you watch it. Yeah. Uh, the clues and everything and different monsters. But this is a movie that very well could have broken horror. 
Oh, for sure. I thought it was. Like this movie is it the makes final fun of horror, every movie. horror movie Cause, ever. But because after this point, I mean, they made this movie as a uh, a, a, a statement against what horror had become at that point, which was torture porn. And they were like, no, 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 no. That's the extreme over there. Let's get back to what horror actually is. It's not just something that is horrifying to look at. Yep. And I think that they were really, really smart in doing that. But every movie after this, you're, now you're in the James Wan conjuring stuff. Yep. So they had to break it to get to the next piece. Because I think right before this, wasn't uh, J-Horror like at its peak at that point? I thought J-Horror was at its peak with the ring and the grudge like um, when I was a kid. Well, that let's see. When were you? This is like six years ago. I was. Oh, when did the grudge and the ring come out? Well, the, gr- the ring must have come out in 2002, I want to say. 2002 or 2003, because they made two more sequels after that. 2002. 2002, okay. So the ring was the... F- was the ring first or was the grudge first? The Americanized one. I not the- it was the ring. Was the ring first? Yeah, it was and- the ring. Yeah, and then the grudge came out, the I think, two years out. later. Yeah. And I everybody was, was like... I was 11. Yeah. But after that, you also... I'm trying to think what the other J-horror was that was coming out that was being Americanized. Um, There was Shudder. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the two. I still haven't seen the grudge. That's how I feel. I'm expressing my emotions. I got to do the Sitterson <laughs> scene too. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. On to our next segment titled top three, bottom three. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes that we like in this movie. And then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. Sam, what are your top three things you want to highlight in this film? All right. Number three is covering all the tropes of horror movies, taking every stereotypical decision they've ever made in, <laughs> in classic horror films into splitting up, into making brash decisions, not leaving the premises. Yeah. There's a they reason for it, it all. There's a reason for it all, and it's hilarious. Yes. Number two is the execution of the downstairs puppet masters. Not the death, but how they actually execute the plans. Okay. How they execute the rituals. It's hilarious. There's a protocol there's involved. There's a protocol involved. <laughs> they do it by the book. It's awesome. Yes. They make it believable. And then my number one is just the puppet masters in general, just the Citizen relationship between Citizen and Hadley. <laughs> I get, I like I said, I want a movie, just I want a prequel, just with them. Yes, like maybe the first year they start together. I got an idea for a trilogy actually of these movies, but it's all they work. But they, it's three completely separate genres in the trilogy. So I'll get to another. Okay. okay, my number three is the betting wall. Yep. Uh, the first time I saw this in the theater, that's the main reason I wanted to go back. Or not, I did say the first time I saw it's it at home. Duty. I wanted to immediately get to that scene to see what was on the wall. Uh, how my number two is how well they juxtapose the upstairs with the downstairs in this movie. Uh, they never forget they're telling two separate stories that are going seamlessly coming together in the final third act of this film. Because sometimes when you do this, you spend more time in one place than the other, and this it balances it perfect. Mm-hmm. I think. And my number one is how smart this movie is. Yeah, it calls out horror movie tropes like you said earlier, but ultimately does them anyway with a smart explanation. Like when we did evil dead, it was how do they even know where this cabin is? Well, apparently Kurt's cousin bought this place but and Marty calls it out going, like, does Kurt even have a cousin? Does Kurt have a cousin? And 
how do they know all this shit's downstairs? <laughs> so I think it's really good. Cool. I think it would have been really interesting if Kurt was a relative of one of the people downstairs. And he was get because if if they were supposed to go to this cabin specifically, how did he get the address to this if Kurt doesn't have a cousin? They set him up. They drug him. They plant the seed. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right. Uh, all right. On to the bottom three. This is hard. This is hard. Time to vent, Sam. So what uh, are your bottom three on this? So number three is no sequel or prequel yet. No. <laughs> There's nothing. Come on. Come on, Joss Whedon. Aren't you a little bit happy, though, about that? Like, they didn't ruin anything. They haven't it, ruined anything. They kept it. They kept it great. Don't make a sequel then. Just make a, a separate movie. <laughs> Just like make a separate movie with Hadley and Citizen. Yeah. Just make it totally separate. Every year you go back to the previous year. Yeah. <laughs> year. Get to the get to the get incident. To the, get to the origins. It doesn't have to explain anything else. Just like in nineteen ninety eight, you could have gone, what was the glitch? How did it happen? How did it resolve? Yes. Did Japan come out on top regardless of the outcome? And then they're like, oh, thank God. Or, you know, did the people survive? I'm looking at massive events in 1998. What was, what was the, oh, yeah, you could totally do that. What, uh, what was the monster that was chosen? Mm-hmm. Do the merman, uh, because obviously Citizen has seen a merman before. France won the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> That's it right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> number two is just seeing more of Japan or seeing other countries or maybe a flashback to this just goes into like sequel or prequel or just more universe building stuff mm-hmm. um, just because I'm interested. An, but, earth, like, an earthquake hit that was a 6.1 on the Richter scale in Afghanistan, killing more than 5,000. Okay. That has nothing to do with the U.S. There was the, there was a rumble, though. There was a rumble. Ooh, huh? Oh, Titan got a little angry. <laughs> it was a husband's bulge. <laughs> <laughs> and then my number one is: I wish I saw the outcome of the gods, or just saw the gods in general. Yeah, maybe just like a glimpse, something, something more than a hand. Yeah, but at the same time, just don't. Just leave it with my imagination. <laughs> but I do want to see it, but I don't. Uh, for me, my number three is: I don't feel Citizen got a good enough death. At least Hadley's was memorable with the merman. True that. Uh, my number two is, it would have been cool to see what other countries are trying. They really only focused on Japan. Like, I would have liked to have seen Sweden's. But don't you love that it was just the stereotypical J-horror yeah, little just girl the ghost? Floating in a classroom, yeah. scaring everybody. <laughs> not one fatality. <laughs> how, how, how do you not kill nine-year-olds? Uh, my number one is the same as yours. I wish we could have seen a full Titan on this. Uh, the hand just doesn't feel like it's enough. The movie it's ne- not as big as you imagine. Like no. I imagined a huge, massive god, and I mean, really, I'm trying to think. I guess if this- it looks like the finger is about the size of a human, maybe like half the finger. Well, it was crunched up like this, so yeah. I mean, it took out the entire cabin. The hand, yeah, the hand was about the size of the cabin. Yeah, it was a pretty nice sized cabin on okay. the inside. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Uh, this movie does need a freaking sequel. Uh, or a prequel. If you go in the prequel way, you follow Citizen and Hadley. Yeah, no connections whatsoever. Just origins of Hadley and Citizen. If you want to make this a trilogy, though, this is your horror film. The next one, 
there is a small, small contingent of humans left after the Titans have taken over the Earth. And they have to appease the gods and get them back. And then in the third movie, you finally have a true clash of the Titans and the gods. That's how you do this. You had your horror film, then you've got your uh, your uh, uh, post-apocalyptic film, and then you've got your uh, fantasy film. Yeah. There's your trilogy. <laughs> Thank you. Kevin and you woods. put Marty and Dana front and center of the entire thing. <laughs> Kevin in the woods, too. Yes. Who's, no the audience, cabin. who's the audience for this movie? Anybody who's allowed to watch a rated R movie. <laughs> Seriously. If... Uh, I would show my kid this movie. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. It's not like awful to watch. No, it's it's very enjoyable. Gross and disgusting in it. No, it's a good time. Um, It's hilarious. It's scary. It has its um, scary moments, but it's just an entertaining movie altogether. Mm -hmm. Everybody, anybody can enjoy this. Like I, you know, I can't take friends to go see Evil Dead, but I can take friends to see this movie. Uh, for me, it's fans of any and all horror films. Uh, there is something in this movie for every type of fan. And anyone who wants to see their very first horror film, this is a great introduction and a master class in what horror is at its most basic. And every movie you watch after this, you'll sit there going, I remember that. That was in that one movie. And you keep revisiting Cabin in the Woods to see it. Uh, why would he do that? Uh, it's a touchstone movie. That's yeah. what it is. Okay, movie report card. Your critical rating. A is a superior. B is above average. C is average. D is below average. And F is a total <laughs> abject failure. Yep. Uh, in the it's now, mother was not an F. It was a you D minus. You gave it an F. I did, but mother was a D minus. I think we ended up on. Yeah. Uh, in the horror feature film genre, give us a grade and some comments that defend your grade. Sam, go. Cabin in the woods. I'm giving an F. No, you're not. For fantastic. <laughs> Look at him go. Uh, in, oh, that's so in good. In the genre of horror films, mm-hmm. I cannot give this movie an A, mm-hmm. but I will give the closest thing I can a B plus. There are enough horror elements in it. There are enough jump scares, but it is not a horror movie. It is a horror comedy. That's fair. And it deserves the highest grade, but we are doing horror, not horror comedy. Well, horror comedy is a part of the horror genre that's why yes but it's army of darkness fits in there true <laughs> which we'll do Shaun of the dead at some point also i'm sure oh i hope so <laughs> so i cannot give this movie an a it is not up there with the exorcist it's not up there with jaws no. it's not up there with the classics um damn close though it's damn close <laughs> damn close like dale and tucker versus evil <sighs> i can't give that an a but I give it a B plus. Oh, I was going to say, <laughs> that's another one we'll have to do. Please. <laughs> we should just we map out. Your, we found your friend. <laughs> I Why know things. I, re- I read. <laughs> I read. I read. I'm also going to give this a B plus. Uh, this is not a horror movie in regards to you'll be scared the whole time. Uh, this is a horror movie in that it talks about horror movies and has a lot of horror moments that are smartly watered down so that they are palatable to anybody who watches Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard Goddard clearly have something to say here. And that is torture porn is horrifying, not horror. This movie doesn't make you say, ooh, like you would with Hostel. It makes you say, 
What? That was awesome. What makes this a great movie, though, is something I mentioned with the It podcast that we did. A good horror movie has a smart story that is unique and you can't predict the turns. And it has a balance of horror. If one outweighs the other, it either becomes a feast of shocking events with a paper-thin through line, whereas the viewer just feels like it's a waste of time to watch, or it becomes too smart in the storytelling and the scares are completely missing. This movie is not as good as It Chapter One, who straddled that line very well, but it makes up in its amount of geeky callbacks and overall rewatchability. Each of the main five actors are perfectly suited for their roles, except maybe Jesse Williams, who I just saw as another jock and not the brain he was supposed to be. But then again, as you said earlier, they work with what they get. Yes. The plot holes we discussed earlier are what keep us from an A range, though. So I think a B plus is a perfect spot for it. So we both give it a B plus. That means it's getting a perfect 10 out of 12. Now we're going to go into our critics hat, and I think we, everybody out there knows what we're going to choose on this one. Do you love this movie? Do you like this movie? Or is it none of the above? Sam? Love, 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 love. All love you need is love. Love this movie. Yep, I love, love this, movie. this movie. It's a personal fave. It's what I put into every Halloween. Oh, it's great. Every Halloween, there are three movies I have to watch. Cabin in the Woods, Trick or Treat, and Jaws. Those are my three. I don't know why Jaws, by the way. It's a summer movie. I get that, but I have to watch it at Halloween. Uh, but... Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll look at The Breakfast Club for the Drama Pantheon. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet Podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet Podcast is not affiliated with, paired for, approved or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review and no infringement is intended. Thanks for listening and happy movie watching.